Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. Um, there's a little bit of the, the Tetris theme there, just as a little bit of an introduction. Um, we're recording this um, a few hours after the uh, Scotland victory against Russia. We were going to uh, do it a little bit earlier, but then the Wales and Fiji match got interesting, so we thought we'd just wait till the end of that. Um, I am Cammy Black. And joining me today to for, from well, pretty much as instant a reaction to the game as you can you can get on a podcast, uh, we've got Sandy Smith. Afternoon, folks. And Rory Baldwin. Hello. Um, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Scott Rugby Blog or at Cammy Black. We're on email podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. Uh, the main thing to do though is check out the blog scottishrugbyblog.co.uk where we've got all our match previews, reviews, opinion bits about the World Cup and Scottish rugby in general. Um, you can also read uh, Sandy's. Um, we sort of. Uh, I don't know, coverage of Ember's first couple of matches as well. You've done a little review of that recently, haven't you, Sandy? Yeah, just the first first two games because we were far too busy the previous week to do it. So <laughs> yeah. we just did a double header. We we know the Pro 14 and rugby in general is going on, but but we we have other things to do and and lit, we'd be putting out a podcast today if we tried to cover it all. Um, but there's, there's there's enough on the blog um, if if you want to do that uh, and see other stuff that we're covering. Um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review. We've had a couple of reviews, actually, um, which is uh, quite a surprise. We, we do encourage you to review us if you can. Um, and we ha- thank you very much for those that reviewed us. Uh, People's Elbow, um, who is one of our regular listeners, put a review on there and apparently tweeted me to say he'd seen Doogie Donnelly and I didn't read it out, so apologies for that. Now, it turns out, though, that it wasn't Doogie Donnelly. It was Doogie Vipond. I'm not entirely sure how you can... <laughs> how you can confuse the two but he's given us five stars so thank you very much for that um mr oates also says um gives us a review which said uh the podcast said hang on a minute it's cut it off on when i'm trying to read this on apple podcast he's given it too long a title here we go a podcast which has been described as and i quote lovely stuff and i just read it's not my words michael the words of shaken stevens which i think is an alan partridge reference so um we, we're all about niche references on this podcast um the thing we're here to talk about today though is scotland's game against russia um it was a fairly comprehensive victory in the end 61 nil um second nil in a row rory um i mean what Obviously, points difference could come to play um, come Sunday, but how important do you think it is for Scotland as a team to get a second sort of nilling of a team on 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 the on the trot? I think it's I think it's huge. After you know they almost you know they almost got nilled themselves against Ireland. Um, they never really looked like scoring a try in that game. So to have bounced back from that with a you know a good solid showing against Samoa and you know a demolition of Russia, which. It, it, these are, you know, these are, are, are tricky, tricky fixtures. Um, games that you're clearly expected to win, especially if you don't put out your full strength team, because quite often the opposition, you know, they could take that as a slight or, um, or just you don't know, really turn up. I think Russia, unfortunately, just kind of ran out of, um, ran out of the, you know, ran their tournament out about 20 minutes into the game. Um, it was a, you know, competitive start, but after that, um, they couldn't really live with uh, with what Scotland were bringing. Yeah, and. Um... Uh, Sandy, a lot of people as well saying that, that Russia looked tired, but they had—I mean—they had a six-day rest, and a lot of the Russian players are professional players. You know, they're not 
you know, we're not talking about a, a team of farmers here who've turned up for, you know, to see how well they go against the big teams. They'd had a, a, a reasonable rest after the Ireland game, and, and a lot of them play rugby professionally. So, do you know, maybe Scotland deserve more credit than they're getting outside of Scotland. Yeah, and, and I don't think Russia themselves would even use that as an excuse. I think that would they would find that a bit, a bit disrespectful. Of them. They've probably trained hard like everybody else, and they've. Um, so they you know, they did their did their best just on the day, and I think just as simple as us, Scotland were better. Um, not only is it the, I think you, you mentioned that the, the the two nillings were the only were the only country actually have done this this World Cup. So you know, it, I think you deserve a bit of credit for that. I mean, it, they're they're not they're not a top side clearly, Russia. <laughs> I think, but uh, you know, we've we've done what we could be asked to be done, and I think in a professional manner. Yeah, um, the the it's um, were you surprised, Roy, that, that the Scotland racked up sixty one points given the way that sort of Russia had been going and maybe Ireland and um, you know Ireland and, and and Japan had struggled against them. Maybe Japan because it was the opening game and there was a lot of pressure on them. But but certainly Ireland, you know, they had a, a, a reasonably strong team. Do you? I mean, is sixty one nil a surprise or, or did Scotland always have that in them? Do you think? I think I think they've always got. They've always got it in them, but that's the kind of frustration of being a Scotland fan. Is we know they've always got it in them against just about anybody, but you so rarely, you know, so rarely see it. And I think uh, John Barkley kind of alluded to it afterwards when he was speaking to the speaking to the uh, speaking on the the telly after the game. You know, you can't take these games lightly. You have to base it. Um, you have to base it on what you've seen before, as well as what you face. So based on what they've seen before, they had every expectation Russia would front up and give them a real. Problem. Ireland, you know, struggled to put them away until the, you know the end of the game, um, and Scotland would have been expecting the very same. Um, the problem with the other problem with being Scotland is that uh, you know the tier two nations, you're always the fixture that they look at as a winnable one, um, and until we, you know, until we keep beating teams like this sixty-one nil, then they're always going to think, oh, we've got a chance against Scotland. They can be a bit flaky, um, you know. They'll, you know, they might not put their full team out against us, so. Yeah, I think it, it was good to see. It was good to see them um, do that. I think probably they were allowed to do that by by Russia's defence. Um, it's exactly the sort of game that suits guys like uh, George Horn and Adam Hastings when they've just got you know when the, the defence that they're up against maybe half a yard off the pace. Um, it just gives them that extra time to you know to 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 try things. Um, and the same thing is the same thing I suppose is true of, of guys like Finn Russell as well. Um, but uh, he doesn't tend to get that time because he's in the the bigger fixtures. Yeah. Um, one thing I was on um, I was on radio breakfast radio in New Zealand um, yesterday our time, but but in the morning their time for on the day of the match, and um, they have uh, it's radio sport breakfast, and they do uh, they have a betting competition to choose the uh, the top try scorer, and um, before I went on. They kind of asked me who who I was predicting because they had Darcy Graham, Blair Kinghorn, um, and Tommy Seymour as their three names. Um, and I suggest here's I'll let you listen in because uh, this is this is this was my prediction, and I'm uh, we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, Kimmy Black is on the show with us, Scottish yes. rugby blog and Scottish rugby podcast host. Hey, Kimmy. Uh, Thank you for joining us. We need your intelligence here. Well, I do specifically. We are uh, we're doing the TIB Try Times uh, scoring uh, competition, and we're all competing here in the studio. And it's my turn to pick. And uh, I've drawn Scotland out 
for tonight's game. I need a try scorer, a guaranteed try scorer. Now, I've got a couple uh, that are favourites, that being Darcy Graham, Tommy Seymour, and Blair Kinghorn. I'm going to be honest with you. I know none of these players. I need your help. Does George Horn score? He comes in at $1.91, and he's a bit better than the rest of them. Is he a good scoring option? He's a really good scoring option. George Horn scores tries for fun. Nice. He He's absolutely he's got the skills. He will snipe around rucks all day long. He will back himself to score tries. I, it's, I'm surprised he's got such long odds. He's Glasgow Warriors' top try scorer last season. Nice. Um you know, I, I would back him all the way. Darcy Graham maybe a safer bet, but George, if, if you can get those odds on, on George Horn, I'd back him. I'm going to rubbish your name if you're wrong, though, mate. <laughs> be honest, Cam. <laughs> you, won't be, you won't be invited back, Cam, if you get this one wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you've just got to make sure you back the right Horn, brother. Don't back Pete. No, oh, he's, got, he's got a lesser trying scoring brother. Thanks for the tip. Hey, right. cheers, mate. Thank uh, you very good much. Good job, Cammy Black, uh, host of the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Nato, so write it up there on the board. Yeah, well, uh, go write it up. George Horn, the George of the Horn, Horns. Horn with an E. And yes. Horn E. $5 for each try scored in the game uh, for Mark. Once he places that $30 bet, you can do so, of course. We've got some $100 vouchers as well to give away. So, so I've, I've earned some bloke in New Zealand. <laughs> Serious dollars. Serious dollars. Decent yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, maybe they'll, hopefully they'll have us back after that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just goes to show me, George. What I mean, um, Adam Hastings got man of the match officially, but um, I think Ian, who's done the match report on the blog, has given it to to George Horn, which is no surprise given how much Ian loves the Hornito. <laughs> uh, um, but it just it's those. I think what George Horn does, it's the support lines that he runs. Yeah. Um, are just amazing, and it was. It was a shame to see him not get his own bonus point, Rory, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was. The, um, there's some debate about which of those forward passes was forwarded, and if either of them were forward or none, none of them were forward. Um, I think Bradbury was maybe a bit unlucky. It's difficult to see. I thought both of them, the hands looked like they went a bit forward, but um, Ian McGeehan was arguing hard on the on the in the studio after the after the game on the telly, saying that uh, Bradbury was hard done by because he basically gets stopped by a tackler. And that makes the ball look like it goes forward. Um, yeah, Horn, Horn is excellent. He does. It's his. Um, it's the support lines he runs. We've seen him for Glasgow so often. He'll, you know, he'll just sneak through a week up in the line, and he'll just pop up on someone's shoulder, and he's there. Um, and that's, as you say, he he scores scores tries for fun. Um, I mean, for me, I actually thought uh, Hastings was was really good as well, and probably had slightly more. Um, slightly more influence on the game. I mean, his kicking from kicking from hand and also his kicking from the tee was was immaculate. Um, so yeah, I think I think it was probably pretty close between the two of them. I mean, speaking of Hastings, uh, Sandy, that's going to do a lot for his confidence because we've seen he's you know he, he he's still very young and he had you know he does have his off days for Glasgow and for Scotland, but to put in a real solid performance like that is going to do wonders for his his uh, confidence going forward, isn't it? Oh, absolutely! I, I thought he was terrific today. I don't think any, anything went wrong for him at all. He, every every kick he made was spot on. His tries were good. His um, his perception of where everybody else was to to keep the ball alive. I just thought he had a great game, and that that can only be um, a, a, a good thing for him going forward. It's uh, de- definitely his best game in a and a Scotland shot. Perhaps having all his family down there in uh, Japan has helped him out big time. 
Yeah. Um, is it worth just very quickly, because we're probably not going to get a chance to do player ratings, are we, Rory? Or is, are, are, um, I'm not sure. Yeah. Ian may, may well do it. He's got lots of time, but uh, yeah. Um, it might be see. worth just, we could have a, we could very quickly go through and do our own, I guess, um, yeah, while some, we're here. Good. Um, we'll, we'll start with the forward then. Gordy Reid, I thought another really good game for him. Um, carried well, did well, and held the scrum up well. He's best mate, new best mate with Wayne Barnes. He'd be pleased to see him <laughs> yeah. featured referee. Um, Love him, continues. What, what are we going for Gordy Reid then, Rory? Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't got my full system here. so We don't. Wait, let's not do the full. Yeah. We'll not worry about the full we'll system. We'll just say, I, I don't know, yeah, maybe a seven. Seven. Seven feels fair, Sandy. Would you agree? Yep, seven. That's that's what I had in mind for, yeah. for Gordon. I, mean, I think for me, the for me, the area of difference between the two teams was in the, it was in the probably the halfbacks and the backline. So the pack, you know, they they did what they needed to do, but I don't think they really imposed themselves massively. I mean, so, do you think yeah, it, are we? It's hard to look. I mean, I thought Wilson linked well. Um, he, did, he had one of his better games, but he always does against kind of weaker opposition. Um, Cummings, I thought, carried very well. Um, but maybe are we looking at what sevens across the board then, Sandy, for for the for the forwards? Um, yeah, I think that. I, I mean, a, the, I mean, you could perhaps for a slight point of difference with, I don't know, maybe uh, a Cummings. I don't know for a work rate or or, or uh, you know Barkley. I think uh, for for I think. Was on for an awful lot longer than he would have probably expected, and you know, managed was probably strongest game. But I don't think it's it's unfair to say that uh, sevens. Would, I mean, the scrummage really well. The line out, I think, was a hundred percent. They did. I think they did their job. Um, but yeah. a, a, nothing that you that really sticks out in it as an on particularly for individuals. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think Brown Brown was good, but he was only on for half. Yeah. Hour. Uh, yeah, it yeah. technically works out. I think lineouts um, on he on uh, the uh, ESPN stats, which may be updated because sometimes we're just after the game, uh, has them at eighty eight percent. But that's because they, they they only had nine, so it was eight out of nine, so they lost one. Um, I can't remember when that was though. I can't think. Yeah, we lost the lineout according to the official stats. Sure. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe somebody's miscounted or something. The the big thing though is that I mean the tackles. I mean they they only were required to make ninety eight and they made ninety five of them. I mean that's been downgraded. It was at ninety eight percent when I looked five minutes ago and they're now putting ninety seven percent. So someone's been someone's obviously going back through the game and marked somebody down. Um, but that's that's a good that's good to see, isn't it? As well that 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 kind of defence going into the game against Japan, Sandy. Yeah, and I think that was a, I think that was probably you know obviously great to see running tries and you know all, all the fantastic action. But I think that uh, given that our some of our issues in the past and the things that people have picked up on and moaned about have been the defence to um, to nil Russia and keep and really the, it wasn't like it was just a lucky that they were nil. They just never got a look in. To be honest, it, it was it was an, a a fairly outstanding defensive uh, set from everybody, and uh, um, I mean they've scored other other tries, not many, but they have. Um, so I think to to uh, and to do it quite so comfortably with so few total number of tackles, great you know great percentage, but you know it wasn't a lot of tackles, but they did uh, uh, they they did again they did their job there and uh, very soundly. So, like you said, then Roy, the, the halfbacks were the point. Well, the point of difference, really, it, um, not not in terms of the um, 
the opposition, but in terms of the overall result, are we going for two two nines for for Horn and Hastings? I think, yeah, I think it, I think at least um, you'd you'd have to find you'd have to find one or two things that they did they did wrong that would maybe knock off a half point, and I'm sure there were. Um, you know, Hastings does still run up a run up a blind alley every now and then, which which is okay against a team a team like Russia, but you know, wouldn't work against someone who was going to compete for the breakdown and sort of pounce on you. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of what was put in front of them, what they played, um, you can't really you can't really ask more for for either of them, especially George Horn. Then you know, going on and doing a wee shift on the wing as well for sort of fifteen twenty minutes. Um, yeah, nine nines definitely at least. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably, Sandy, I'd probably knock a point off each because I think after the third try, they seemed to start to believe that it was going to be that easy. And and, and towards the end of the first half, they started sort of trying things that weren't really on rather than sticking to the game plan of kind of pinning Russia back that was working for them. Yeah, and I suppose it's understandable. I mean, they obviously reapplied, I think, in the second half after a after a word at half time, but it, you know, you, I think it's almost inevitable. You get a wee bit loose when you, when everybody's wanting their hands on the ball because they can see tries coming and they, they're all wanting to be shot. I mean, I, I thought, I mean, early on, I thought Darcy again looked as if he was going to kind of um, wasn't going to link up too well. I mean, he, and but he, he changed the enthusiasm and the effort and the and the and he looked dangerous all the time. But I just had, I still had that. He's just too desperate to be. To be involved rather than thinking about the the pass or thinking about um, not not running down a blind alley or but I think he, as the game went on he certainly uh, turned that around and you know some good uh, some good occasions where he you know rather than getting stuck in the wing he, he came in and, and um, I know it's not necessarily I was talking about him specifically but every time he had to be tackled it would seem like it was three Russians that had to do it which is amazing given he's such a small guy but yeah, um, yeah. I mean there was a, there's that amazing stat about Wee Darcy um, that, that came out after the game I mean, 151 metres he made with ball in hand which is about 50 metres shy of the total amount of metres that Russia managed to make um, but the uh, the main stat was he has made the third most metres in a game in this World Cup and he played for 46 minutes Amazing start. I yeah. mean, a lot of it would have been that 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 run that he had to to set up the counter attack, to set up the the horn try. But um, that would have accounted for a chunk of it, I think. But yeah, it was it was great to see. Um, he was in, you know, he was really enthusiastic for him. I just hope that it's actually interesting. I thought he played longer than forty six minutes. Um, but yeah, I hope that you know he was getting he was in the thick thick stuff in the first first twenty minutes. He was getting thrown about a bit. Um, I hope he's all right because actually he you know. We're going to need his pace to kind of counteract uh, Japan out wide on yeah. Sunday, so I would like to think that he's you know fit and ready to go. Yeah, because actually, I mean, as much as I think Graham, you'd probably give an eight or a nine to as well. I mean, but but yeah. Seymour and Kinghorn, I don't they 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 were sort of both felt like solid, unspectacular performances. I don't know. Am I being a bit harsh, Sandy, with that sevens? I- no, I think that's fair. I mean, I mean, Tommy, I don't think any through any fault of his own wasn't that involved. Early on, I think most of the play came down the uh, came down Graham's wing, um, so he, you know he didn't do it wrong, but it just wasn't involved. And I, I suppose even if you if you take it just on the fact that he, you know if you like played in inverted commas maybe only uh, sixty of the eighty minutes because he wasn't involved, that probably seems fair. I mean, it's hard to be. I don't like to be too critical here because there's nobody a, nobody was a failure. I don't think, um, but you know. 
you've got to be you've got to be perfect to be getting or almost perfect to be getting a nine, and uh, you know, so a, a seven's probably fair. Yeah, uh, and really this, the, that centre pairing, I thought Pete Horn kicked particular. Again, we, you kind of forget what you you lose sometimes with Pete Horn. There was a couple of the normal sort of you know spill passes, but he's a player that plays on the fringes, and and you're going to get those. But his his kicking as well was 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 very good. Yeah, um, he gives that that left left foot boot option. Um, it's it's, it's, tri- it's tricky the centres because the Scotland the Scotland game plan never really seems to go through the centre as much as ball carriers, so you don't notice them doing as much kind of the fun stuff. If you like, um, they tend to just get defensive duties, which is probably why you know he he's picked the the group of centres that he's got on on tour with him rather than you know some of the more attacking options that he's got left at home. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Horn was good. I thought I thought Taylor was okay. There was a few people um, thinking he still looks off the pace, but I think he's maybe just one of these guys like um, Sean Maitland that you're never quite sure how fast he's running. Yeah, you know, he just he kind of. I mean, he, he threw some he threw some lovely lovely missed passes um, for some of the moves. He's one of these guys. I think he just picks his moment, and maybe he's maybe he's just so far ahead of everyone else. He decides it's not on and doesn't you know just doesn't doesn't looks like he's not bothering. But actually, he's already evaluated and decided it's a. Maybe he's a robot. Yeah, well, he he linked really well for the McAnally try, and then again the that first Hastings try, he was kind of involved in drawing a couple of runners. So it's I think it, he's one of those players that you you don't see a lot of what he does because what a lot of what he does is probably off the ball. Yeah, it's making other guys look good. Yeah, and that's his job. I mean, they were saying halfway through the commentary that you know all the Saracens players are saying that he's one of the best players they've ever played with, which is given the standards that Saracens set. We, you know, it, it, I think people are hard pressed to say that he's he's a terrible player. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I mean, maybe J- Jamie George. I think that comment was. It was, yeah. Kind of, so I mean, yeah. again, centers. Um, I don't maybe maybe a seven for Horn and, and an eight for Taylor just because of something. I, mean, I thought some of his his attacking play maybe just, just edged it a bit. Does that? Yeah, seem I mean, fair? you could give uh, Pete a seven and a half, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I mean they did win sixty one nil, so we can't. You know. It can't be. I think we have to. I think it's that thing that when you're doing player ratings, you do have to judge it by the quality of the opposition, a little bit. It comes into it. it comes into it. It does. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, we'd just give. They'd all be on nines and tens after a sixty one nil victory. But against, I mean, against the All Blacks, if we beat the All Blacks sixty one nil, they'd all be. Yeah. Tens all right. Tens all round, but yeah, it wasn't the All Blacks today. Um. Any any anybody stand out for you in terms of the the replacements? Then Sandy, I mean, Magnus Bradbury came on and and sort of ran ran through brick walls as he normally does. WP now made a, a surprised himself with a break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, no, not. I mean, I, I'm, I mean, it was a quiet. I think a quietish game by Bradbury standards. He wasn't didn't really stand out in the way that he had done against Samoa. But again, without doing anything wrong. Um, a, um, obviously, a good try by uh, uh, Rambo when he he came on. Um, uh, I thought you know Henry for having you know only just arrived and um, and you know been if you like coming out of the cold uh, did particularly well. And I suppose if, if there's one area, I suppose he maybe um, is still slightly better than uh, than Horn is in the in the box kick as you would expect. Uh, and so his his kicking was pretty good, and he looked assured when he you know not, didn't look as if somebody who'd who just arrived in the country he looked as if he fitted right in. So I was I, you know I was particularly pleased for him that uh, that, that that went okay. And he but nobody there was nothing no, nothing that he would be 
you would be overly excited about. Yeah. Anyone stand up for you particularly, Rory? I mean, um, like like Sandy said, it wasn't. Maybe by the time they were coming in, that on there wasn't really an awful lot left to do. I guess. Yeah, I mean the the main the main thing I guess for most of the guys on the bench, who some of whom will probably be probably starting on Sunday, was to um, to get through it safely. I think it was is interesting that Bradbury played a full hour. I wonder if they're still trying to get him up to full match pace, maybe because you've got to think he must be in line for a starting slot um, on Sunday. And it, so it was it was interesting, um, especially with Brown only playing half an hour, um, who you would imagine is is probably the, the the bench, but you never know. They may have they may have mad mad plans ahead. Um, I think, you know, that given who he rested, um, Richie and Thompson are pretty pretty sort of um, stitched into the team for for Sunday. So it's I guess it's who's going to play who's going to play six. Um, you'd think it would be Bradbury ahead of Barkley and Wilson, who were you know decent but not spectacular. But it, yeah, it was interesting. He played that long. Um, now now looked uh, looked up for it when he came on. He obviously. Thought we'll not be too much scrummaging here. We'll just have a bit of a play, a bit of sevens. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it was good to see. It seemed like most of them came through unscathed. I guess we'll we'll hear about that. Due course. Yeah. Um. I mean, as as it as it leaves Poulet, um, and we're going to come on to have a wee look ahead to uh, Saturday in a minute. Um, Islander on fourteen points. They've got a points difference of plus forty-six. Um, sorry, Japan. Sorry, are on fourteen points with plus forty-six. Ireland are on eleven at plus fifty-two. Scotland, after that, are on ten points with plus seventy-one. Um, it, the way it would work out is if Ireland don't get a bonus point win against Samoa, they end up on fifteen. If Scotland get a bonus point and Japan say get a losing bonus point, then you've got three teams on fifteen. Everyone's beat everybody, so it comes to points difference. So that that Scotland run up get score against Russia was very important. Um, conversely, if if Ireland get the bonus point win against more, they're through. Um, with Scotland really, old, I mean, this is the thing. Um, going into that game, then uh, Sandy, Scotland can afford to beat Japan now without worrying about a try bonus so long as they deny him a losing bonus point. Is is there do you think going into the Japan game then and, and Gregor Townsend kinda of hinted at it that, that they just go and keep the scoreboard ticking over and and get the win, or do you think it's it's important to go for the try bonus? No, I think the you, your former statement is the one at the end of the day if you um if you're you know if you're fifteen up and you take a take a penalty, go eighteen up or twenty one up I think that puts, you know, that puts pressure on the opposition to have to come out and play, and if you've, if that's making them play differently in order because they're falling behind, then it opens up more opportunity, hopefully for for broken play and for tries uh, of turnover. So, it, it, I think that, I mean I know this was something that was a question that was sort of asked about um, Hogs drop goal when we were already fairly well ahead against Samoa, but I think that's exactly what that what that did is it. It opened the game up a bit. The um, Samoa had no choice but to, uh, but to be a bit more uh, gung ho, um, and, and the tries eventually came as a as a result of it. And I think that's the same uh, with Japan. I think it, to to go into it thinking that right, we need to get four tries from the word going and playing that way, and not taking points with an on the offer. I think you're only asking for trouble, and um, and you might end up losing the game if you're if you're not. 
you know, if you're not playing in the correct fashion that that builds a score in the in the in the traditional way. So I would definitely go with, um, you know, just take it as it comes, and, and hopefully the the uh, the tries will will come naturally if we actually get a score, a few scores on the scoreboard of of any kind. Yeah, um, as we are recording this, um, there are reports coming out of French media that the Scotland-Japan game is going to be cancelled because they cannot find an alternative uh, location for them at this stage. That's unconfirmed, I have to say. Um, the um, the Rugby World Cup organisers are making a statement tomorrow, so it's going to be a long way overnight for this. The backing this up, and it's not looking good, it has to be said, there is a music festival ha- happening at Mount the base of Mount Fuji that's been cancelled this weekend, and... Looking at it, the um, a number of football games in the Yokohama and um, Tokyo area are also cancelled this weekend. Um, Rory, you said this this would be a very Scottish way to go out of a World Cup, would it not? Cancelled by rain. <laughs> it would, yeah. Weather um, defeated by defeat. Usually, we're defeated either by ourselves. But yeah. <laughs> defeated by the weather would be uh, would be something else. Yeah, I mean it's. That's, that's going to be that's going to be horrible if it happens because I guess Scotland are probably going to feel like they're they haven't fired you know assuming um, assuming the, the what's it two points each you get for a draw yeah two points so there's no I, you you really hope you're going to have to hope that um, you'd re, well Samoa would have to beat Ireland Samoa would have to beat Ireland for and us to, but it would have to beat Ireland Ireland could still get a losing bonus point. That would yeah. be and we would still, and that would be enough for us because we'd we, we'd go through in points difference. But that's a big ask because yeah, nice. it's a big yeah, big score. But... Because Samoa Island is looking like it's going ahead, but albeit that it's likely to be affected by the weather. So it's un- yeah. I mean, it's unlikely. It's, it, that, that's going to suit Ireland. Yeah, exactly. So it's not at this stage. There is there, obviously there's events being cancelled in and around. Whether or not the they, the World Cup organisers they keep talking about these alternative arrangements that they can make, and that they are looking at alternative arrangements. But it's the the French media saying that that they simply simply in terms of logistics, it's just not going to be possible. And it would be, yeah. it's not going to be a great look for the hosts. Without I'm not donning my tinfoil no. hat completely here, Sandy. But it's not a great look for the hosts if if they progress due to. A failure, a logistical failure to be able to sort of arrange matches elsewhere, given this is sort of peak typhoon season. Yeah, I, I would agree, and, and the only, but the only contrary view to that, I think, is that I'm sure when we looked at the uh, at the rules in advance, there was no mention of um, alternate venues. It was just if a game was cancelled, it was a draw. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, whilst it would be. You know, at this stage, it would be annoying and beyond annoying if that was how we went out. Are they now going to change the rules or add to the rules just because it's Japan? I don't think either of those things are a particularly great look, to be honest. It, albeit, you know, from a Scotland point of view, you would want it to happen because it's it gives us a you know a, a decent chance to progress. Um, but it's, it, I would like to have seen that written into the rules at the beginning. Yeah, and I suppose we've we've said before, and it's something that Scotland are going to have to face up to, is given the way that we played against um, Ireland, Rory, we really ought not to have been in this position in the first place, I guess. Yeah, I mean, even a losing bonus point would put us level on points with Ireland at the moment, and then, you know, 
things would be looking a, looking a bit rosier. Uh, yeah, it'll be ab- absolutely gutting if it happens. Um, and yeah, it's not going to be it's not going to be a, a great look if the if, if you know the organisers uh, or the host nation are sort of seen to get effectively get a buy into the uh, into the into the quarterfinals. Um, yeah, it'd be one for question of sport. Yeah, I guess it's one for future future pub quizzes. Future pub quizzes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if if that if that is the case, it, it's tricky because obviously you know you could probably reschedule it, find a pitch and play it, but there'd probably be nobody watching it because the transport infrastructure is presumably going to be affected by the weather. You, you know the fans, you've got to tell all the fans that they have to go somewhere else, and presumably you're going to have to go a decent distance away to get away from this thing. Which you know the last time I saw it on a weather map was about the size of Japan. Um, yeah. So yeah, logistically you can see why it's a nightmare. Um, yeah, so. You know, there's there's all the the infrastructure as well. You know, the food trucks, the police. Um, you can see it would be tricky to move it, but um, you know, you can see even on the on the the tweet that I think you're referring to, Cami. There's a few people saying, you know, they're out in Japan and they've been told um, they're just take precautions at this stage. There's no there's no kind of firm news as to where it's going to go. Um, somebody said that according to the World Rugby Protocols, no decision will be made until Thursday. So I guess we've got yeah. There's a wee while till to, to we know for definite, but um, I, I would imagine this might this news coming out might force them to make a decision once one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you, for Japan, they're going to want to play the game as well. I mean, they're, they're, I, I imagine they'll be less fussed about getting in, but at the same time, you wouldn't, you know, you'd want to they'd want to play the game in front of their fans and actually get their get their own merit. I would think. Yeah, I guess it's like we were saying when you know we were joking. I think. Um, you know, Alan, Alan and I were joking on the, the preview podcast about the Ireland match being called off, and that was looking like likely that, that you you know we, you wouldn't want to progress as a team in those well you'd, you'd be happy to, enough to progress, but you wouldn't necessarily want to progress in those circumstances because, like I think it was you that made the comment on our little group chat, Rory, is that you you don't want to go through based on two penalty tries in a you know in a cancelled match, um so. It, it's maybe we'll, we'll see. Watch this space, I guess. Presumably, yeah. there'll be news overnight out of Japan, so we'll all be frantically waking up at three in the morning, refreshing our phones to see what the announcement's been. <laughs> so, um, watch this space. Um, we'll move on now. We've we've covered the match, I think, as as, as much as we can do, um, and and we'll 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 move on, and we'll we'll just. Um, we're not going to look at our fantasy league mainly because I can't understand it. We'll maybe have to do a roundup after the after the Japan game um, if that goes I'm ahead. I'm still doing awfully bad. Yeah, I'm doing terribly as well. I'm changing Likewise. my players at all the wrong time. So we'll we'll do a wee roundup of that um, when we do a review of the do a review of the Japan game. Uh, but for the meantime, we will finish with this. <laughs> Yes, it's Hands in the Rock, the Any Other Business section of the podcast. Thank you to everyone who submitted theirs. Um, Rory, I'll start with you. What's your Hands in the Rock? And then I'll read a few um, listeners' ones out. Uh, my Hands in the Rock is that I'm actually agreeing with uh, Gus Pichu about something for once. Um, is it, is, it, how, it, is it how nice the buffet is? Uh, no, he's at, he's at it again. He's trying to influence the game um, as if he's you know an outsider sniping from the sniping from the, the terraces. But um, he's talking this time... Uh, too much kicking, so he wants to move the offside line back two meters. Um, now, I'm not sure that that's actually going to reduce the amount of kicking. Can you imagine 
you know, can you imagine what Dan Parks could have done with an extra two meters of, <laughs> of offside line to, to to work with? But at the same time, you know, anything that gives uh, guys like Finn Russell or Adam Hastings an extra an extra couple of seconds to conjure something is, you know, is probably a good thing. So actually, I think it would be interesting to interesting to see. Um, there's certainly the teams that are really good at defending when they're you know when they're on their day, like Ireland against us, or you know Wales and the Six Nations. It's it's almost impossible to play against, and frankly, it's just not very not very much fun to watch. Um, so I think anything that puts the emphasis back on a bit more you know attacking skill is going to be it's going to be better for the game. So interesting to see. Uh, I don't know whether anyone else will will take him take him off. Yeah, I I can see the theory behind it. I, I, there was it wasn't just him. There's a couple of people talking about this this week on Twitter, and I'm I can see what they're, they're doing because what they're talking about is, is trying to deal with this rush defence. And uh, one, they're saying it gives more space for attack, but also it um, it, it does possibly impact on player safety if you're not having those close up collisions because it gives the defence more time to line up. The guys. I think the one thing for me is I don't think it necessarily opens up attack more because it gives the defense more time to set, to set and wait for them. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with the rush defense, from attacking point of view, you can find holes in it. You can find, you know, you 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 can if if they come up in the wrong way or you end up. A bit like we've seen sometimes with Stuart Hogg, if you end up with two props sort of stuck in the middle, you can often run straight through them. So I don't I don't think it necessarily answers the questions. If it if they do it from a safety point of view of trying to stop the kind of collisions you get when defences run up um, around the head, then that's fine. But I don't think it necessarily stops. At, I don't think the current the way offside line's done w- would make any difference. In fact, I think it would make the game... I think people would kick more yeah. for territory, if anything. What do you think? So what's your view on this, Sandy? Or you do you think... Leave it alone. I can, yeah, I get like, like you guys. I can see the merit and and. In the theory, I'm not sure that the, in practice it would be it would it would result in what what Gus is hoping for. I think I mean the end of the day, if if they take it seriously enough, it will be a another world rugby closed closed doors trial to see how it goes. I mean, my, my biggest issue with it probably is is that except at international level, where where there's a possibility you're going to get, perhaps pro level, you're going to get uh, um, the use of Hawkeye to police that, but. Um, you know, uh, is it any easier for the referee to police it two metres back from the back of the rock than it is at the back of the rock? At least if it's the back of the rock, he's got something to gauge what is the offside line. Yeah. Whereas two metres back, you're, it's just open open space. Yeah. So, great international line, they can superimpose a uh, a line on the field with the technology, but do we really want the game to be that much different at, uh, at that level than it is uh, elsewhere? And, uh, and how are they going to manage that elsewhere? I don't, I don't like that idea. That 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 seems a bit odd. Yeah, I think then that, that can be your hands in the rock. It's a rubbish idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, yeah, I guess my my thing is that I know from speaking to my brother who you know has played that some of the things the changes to the laws that came down particularly in the scrum were aimed at dealing with things that were happening at international level but weren't necessarily an issue you know in the club game lower down you know he was i think when they they kind of brought back cooking a lot of people at lower level were like we've always been <laughs> we've never stopped um so yeah it'd be interesting to see what happens with that but yeah i like you said sandy i agree with you it's how how you police that at lower levels 
other than with the second referee and we're struggling for referees anyway is yeah. just is it what what's your hands in the rock then sandy um well, it's actually just on a personal level i was actually watching the game this morning I'm off on holiday in order to be able to watch rugby and somebody from my office phoned me asking for a shift swap with 10 minutes to go. <laughs> I was like, I'm on holiday for this very reason. <laughs> and uh, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even accommodate it, which made it even worse. I'm just glad that it wasn't, uh, that the last 10 minutes weren't exactly crucial. Otherwise, I think they would have, uh, they might not have had such a pleasant phone call, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so yeah, that and... I, I don't know if you saw um, uh, today that uh, um, David Barnes was tweeting about the SRU um, sending the lawyers round to um, uh, Aristotle's uh, blogspot uh, page. Yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah. for uh, the not happy about the way he refers to the, uh, the management at the SRU and sick the lawyers on him, which I thought was a bit a bit unnecessary. But there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's it's it seems an odd thing to do to you know because it just draws publicity to it. Um, but yeah, um, that was that was interesting. Certainly, it's not. It's a bit. It's a bit off. Given it wasn't. It was all the things. Please stop calling someone a nickname. I think. Yeah. Rather than which is, uh, illegal, yeah. which is yeah. Um, all the things I've got to worry about. That's maybe not the. The most troubles. Yes, um, happy to see we haven't had any uh, letters about um, anything yet. So that's <laughs> that's good news. Um, a couple of we'll do a couple of um, ones we've had from Twitter. Um, David Hutchinson pointing out once again the Guardian coverage of Scottish rugby, particularly poor in today's match report. They've called him Gordon Turner. Oh, nice. Um, Super. Uh, Laurie McKinnon has asked us to discuss the forward passes. I think one. I think one we can say was forward. The other one, I think Horn's try was probably should have been given. It's this idea. But then I looked up the laws, and I kind of have sympathy with Wayne Barnes because, yes, a, from a physics point of view, even if you pass something backwards, moment. If you are running while you do so, momentum still carries the ball forward. But you, it's about showing the picture. And if you're going to do a flat pass, it's always going to go forward. If you fling it backwards, then it at least looks like it's going backwards. Um, so I, I kind of think that maybe that's something that Scotland will have to look at if they're playing this fast game. You can't have runners coming up for flat passes. You're going to have to be behind your runner, like we were all taught when we played mini rugby. Um, let's have a else we've got. We've got a good one, which was Jane Robertson. She said, is there a category for good stuff? She said, Andrew Cotter and the team on BBC Radio was a real treat. She said she had the sound down on, on STV. Um, I agree with that. I, I didn't listen. I made the mistake of no. not doing that. Um, in fact, David Finlay got in touch with the emails. Uh, he actually got in touch over the weekend, but I, and I forgot to read this out, but he said the standard of commentating on ITV has been mediocre. He said, I'm not in any way someone who harps on about being born in a country. I support anyone who's willing to put on a Scotland jersey. I am, however, sick of the commentators on ITV continually bringing up the birthplace of our players, but which is not even more annoying is that it's not reciprocated when they talk about the English players. For example, when Willie Hines edited the fray, he was described as the Gloucester man. Yes, he plays for Gloucester, but he was born and brought up in Christchurch, New Zealand. The same for Sam Underhill. Um, I think, and this, this is probably my hands in the ruck as well, is that it's the lack of preparation um, on Scottish players from some quarters. It's great to see Jim Hamilton in there, and I thought, um, I know some people don't like Scott Hastings. I quite like Scott Hastings. 
I think he does a reasonable job uh, compared to some of the other people that are on ITV coverage. But yet the lack of preparation to have any knowledge of the Scotland team and to know what they do seems particularly lacking and, and or to have any facts about them. I mean, these guys have known the World Cup's coming for four years. I don't think there's been any major particular changes in the lineup since the last World Cup even. But to have not even watched last year's Pro 14 much to see, you know, to get an idea of who's going to be playing, I think it's pretty poor. I think somebody was saying on Twitter that, you know, the only fact they ever have about Stuart Hogg is that he's going to play in Exeter. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, who cares? <laughs> you know, yeah. Most people watching the Rugby World Cup aren't probably going to watch the Premiership next season anyway. Um, so we also, Matt Camburn got in touch, um, who, uh, Captain Bolivia recently, we are going to have a match report on that up um, fairly soon. I've not. Uh, had a chance to do that yet, but he said, how can one team have finished all their pool games, South Africa, before other teams have even played their third game? I get that in a five-team pool, each team will have a rest period, but that seems crazy. I do, there is a, there is, it, it can't happen, I don't think, because I, 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 I t- tweeted about this earlier, but the, there is, a, the, potentially, you could have a situation where Scotland and, um, in fact, it may still be possible, if, if Ireland, Lose, win against Samoa but without a bonus point you could have a situation with Scotland and Japan knowing that um, you know they could go in and get 15 points as well and conspiring to uh, you know <laughs> points difference wise it happened in a football world cup once it was unverified that that had happened but there was some a suspicious game I think once but it does seem uh, you wonder whether or not that world rugby are going to have to start considering four team pools and having final games together Sandy yeah I mean it, 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 I doubt that we're ever going to get to the situation where genuinely any games are if you use again to use inverted commas fixed but you want to avoid the, uh, the uh, at least the, the the opportunity for that allegation to be made it just you know it doesn't help um, I mean it's bad enough we're getting conspiracies about weather but uh, um, you know none of you know conspiracies about referees policing things differently than for big teams and none, none of that's particularly helpful but if you can if there's an easy easy out by not having such a uh, disparity in when the games are played then it makes sense to use it it's a bit like the uh, pro 14 and um not having for a while not having a um neutral refs you know they have enough refs why not make it neutral and take away any allegation that that, that there is any impropriety yeah it's an easy it's an easy win yeah, uh, the last hands in the rup we've had um, was from Beach, like the tree, um, on Twitter. He said his hands in the ruck is Ben Volavola looks suspiciously like Adam Hastings. Any chance Scotland <laughs> were touring Fiji twenty five years ago? I don't think we can comment any further on that. Um, <laughs> at risk of, at risk of getting letters from uh, lawyers. Yeah, I thought that as well. Actually, then I saw. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe a long distance relationship or long distance, uh, not relationship, long distance, uh, long distance. Uh, cousins or something twice removed who knows um but yeah he sent me a picture as well it is, it is fairly uncanny i have to say um any more for any more from either of you at this stage no no we're just we're just waiting to hear it and this uh if the typhoon is gonna have the, the mother of all crap call-ups yeah exactly yeah. that will yeah, be it I can play the wind right from our sails. <laughs> yeah we'll we will be back next week hopefully what we'll be doing is reviewing the Scotland's win over Japan and looking ahead to Scotland taking on the All Blacks um, in the quarterfinals. I think barring some sort of freak results at the weekend, we, 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 if, if Scotland do progress, we are playing the All Blacks in the quarterfinals. Um, it, 
we we hope what we're not doing next week is carrying out a review of Scotland's World Cup, <laughs> which which could happen and depending on the result. About the weather. And talking about the weather, yeah, oh, an entire an entire podcast. Maybe we get a meteorologist on, um, or maybe some sort of. And my brother's an emergency planner. Maybe I'll ask him on to talk about what logistics they should put in place for things like this. Um, get him to come and give us a speech about that or something um, for the meantime though touch wood everything is fine tomorrow um, keep your eyes on social media um, we will uh, you know, try and to get a good night's sleep don't be refreshing your phones in the middle of the night to find out if there's any updates um, hopefully the game will go ahead um, but for the meantime it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Rory and Sandy goodbye. cheers